Black Men Cry Too is an invitation for men of color to feel safe to share their truth and unpack their hurt. This space was created for black men to feel empowered and know it's okay that they can cry too. Because hi, sometimes hi. We, some people be like intro, so I didn't know normally no, y'all monologue. My intro's already pre-recorded, right, so cool. already played. She just, Thanks for joining on in. Have you? Oh, you don't watch it, right? We already spoke about this. Yeah, you only listen. I listen. Well, now people can see your beautiful face. I know, I'm adorable. Yeah. Well, let's start it off. Introduce yourself. Just names. I'm Reek, the good brother, of the original black man. I am Skip from BK, Babyface God, <laughs> Mimosa Poppy, Network King. Okay, now that we got awkward intros out, let's kick it off with a cheers. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Long time coming. Oh, tall man, short. Ah, uh, dang it out. Mm. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, we gotta hit oh. it? We gotta hit it. Bah. Everyone's different, you know? So you do the hit, but you don't do the eyes? You have to look into each other's eyes when you take a cheers. Should we do another one? Oh, fuck it, yeah. Let's fucking do another one. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. If that or seven years of bad sex. What? No, absolutely not. I don't need that. I'm having a good time right now. Well, I'm glad you it's are. It's pretty tasty. I've never had this before. That's You've good. never had keep, Uncle Nearest? I keep hearing. I know this is the precursor to Jack Daniels and mm-hmm. it was the black man whose recipe was stolen and all that type mm-hmm. of shit. And then a black man came and got back the rights. I know, no, your I know the history. whole backstory, but I never had the opportunity to taste it. This is pretty good. Thanks. And you can buy it at Happy Cork. I don't think smart this man is. Both of you. Not with the alcohol. That's it. No, I honestly think that both of you, so this actually segues us right into it. I do think that both of you are very intelligent men and you guys have very strong opinions and you guys are very passionate men. And I think a lot of us get to watch that online because you guys are very candid online. What makes you guys comfortable just talking freely? I mean, everybody has to have a story. And when it all said and done, none of this really matters. In what the grand scheme of things. Like, you know, we're just, we're just matter that's floating. In the great scheme of things, scientifically. So everything is based on your perception. So if everything's centered around my perception, why would I really care about like outside opinion when it's me that has to go to sleep? It's me that has to wake up. It's me that's brushing my teeth. It's me that's using, um, I can't, I, I was about to say the type of soap I use, but they're not paying us. They're not paying us. That part. So <laughs> it's me using soap and shit like that, washing my legs and feet because that's important. This niggas is nasty out here. So yeah, so because of that, it's like, I if I just feel like being open and expressive, then why not? Like, what's really holding me back, for real? Before Skip answers, I did want to ask: when you said perception, do you not care about perception versus reality? So your perception on something may be a little bit off on how whoever else was affected or whoever else may have been there. Perception, I believe, only matters when you are in a space where you're corrupting somebody's comfort. So if I come in here and, you know, there's a woman uh, that's manning everything technological and then there's you. So if I come in here and you think that I'm a creep, mm-hmm. even if that's not true, I don't want to be perceived as a creep. Okay. If I'm coming in and niggas think I'm a thief, then I don't want to be perceived as a thief. But outside mm-hmm. of anything that's derogatory, who really cares? I love that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's my like outlook. 
That was a good one. I like the fact that you said comfort because that's what I always say with people when it comes to perception versus reality. Like yeah. if you're disrupting my peace, like there's a problem. If yeah. I feel anxious with you around, there's a problem and both of us need to figure it out. But if I'm leaving myself and you're doing that to other people, there's something deeper going in there. Yeah, if the comfort's not being compromised, then we all good. Then it's just basically my thoughts versus yours and good luck. Okay, Your turn, I should have went first because I was <laughs> way deeper than what my answer was going to be. But I think for me, my transparency online, I've been like online in the social media space since like 2007, 2008 on Tumblr. And that to me mm. is like the training ground of like going viral, getting like roasted on the timeline. Like when people roast me now, like the last, that don't mean shit. I have been murked for four or five days on Tumblr sometimes. And it's like when you understand that following what Reek said, it's not that nothing really matters. It just doesn't matter to you. Like if you let everyone else's thoughts about you matter more than your thoughts about you, mm. you're going to lose yourself. And I think when it comes to like even me being authentic and just, just showing up, I think a lot of times people appreciate that vulnerability, right? Because I'm strong enough to uh, do that. Like I've been in therapy for almost three years. So it's like, it. I'm not sure when this drops. It might be the three year anniversary of my therapist. Shout out to you. I thank you so much. Uh, if, are they a black woman? Black queer woman. Yeah. So it's, um, what's cool about that is like, that's my space where I get to like, I already know every Wednesday I'm going to talk to her and we're just going to talk about life. Even though I'm like, right now I'm in a good place. Sometimes I might not, not be in a good place, but like that vulnerability is like, I'm giving y'all the confidence to be yourselves. Like I'm not telling you anything. I'm just going to lead in like vulnerability and, and authenticity because at the end of the day, those are people I rock with. I don't like when people are fronting, like why you need to pretend to be anything else. Because if I rock with you, I rock with you. So if you don't rock with me with me being authentic, then that's okay. I'm not mad about it. I don't give a fuck about you. Like I give a fuck about the people that give a fuck about me. That's it. So with that, you had mentioned something about being roasted on Tumblr. Yeah. How did the both of you deal with public scrutiny? Because having such a strong and like loud presence and opinions on social media will lead to people trying to find a way to either maliciously take you down or just challenge you so outwardly mm -hmm. that it leads to public scrutiny. How do yeah. you guys deal when that happens? Uh, uh, you want to go first? I'll go real, real quick. I think, oh. especially like recently, I had like a bad tweet, real bad tweet. I don't know. I think Rico What do you consider it. a bad tweet? It was a bad tweet. It was like the thing where I was like, one of my homegirls, I don't know if Reek knows her, but she posted something. I was like, I thought, not it was like a witty bar, but I thought like for someone that you know, like, all right, this is cool. But the way I wrote the tweet, it kind of went viral for like two, three days. Like, yo, this is a bad tweet. Like, you're a creep and stuff like that. Now, I know I'm not a creep or none of that, but like, you can misconstrue something if you don't word things right. Mm. So sometimes you just got to let it rock. Wait a minute. For the listenership and the viewership, can you tell everybody what you said, please? I don't remember the tweet. You fucking remember the tweet. <laughs> I don't remember the tweet. Uh, we, was, you can paraphrase. It was like, damn, what was it? I, t I actually put it in a box just not to think about it, but it was just like, do you remember? Cause you remember it, it was some it was something in along the lines of being like sexually. Oh. It was something along the lines of just being like sexually inappropriate. But the way he was framing it was like that's supposed to be okay. But the way he framed it, I was like, "Yo, fam, I think you should like delete this." Because yeah. this isn't like a good representation of your character. He was like, nah, it's a learning experience. I'm going to use it for stand-up. Yeah, I mean, I eat Wheaties in the morning. Like, you know, like, just skip shit. So yeah. I'm like, all right, man. I do appreciate this. So I remember what it is. Something about like, you have- We're going to come back to this moment. Yeah, we will. Um, it was like something about having a fat ass, great faith. That's not the reason why I'm talking to you. It was like something that was like, there's more to you than just your aesthetic. It was kind of like, but the way it was worded, it was like- if it's you don't know the woman, it's going to be like, yo, this is crazy. Like, I was thinking of like- if Was I this someone like, you were talking to that you tweeted? No, it was like one of my homegirls posted on oh. her story. It was like, she was laughing. It's like, because you can tell like when someone's laughing, like, this nigga's weird. 
But she was like saying, if, this, if I knew the person, this would have been funny. So it's like some women at first were like, if I knew the person because we have the report, you can do that. But you can't just randomly shoot like right. this type of like long thing of like, someone would be like, yo, can't this is kind of weird. And Kobe. Yeah. So I'm not in the DMs using that line. But I was like, to me, I read it and thought of it. And like Rick said, I didn't, I didn't properly articulate how I wanted to say it because I was well. Oh. So I think it made me more patient in my tweets now. <laughs> I just can't afford to be dealing with the old time. Because when you get to like the thousands... And even like the hundred thousands and then the millions. I can't imagine every tweet that you put gets like engagement of like minimum 50,000. You literally can't even work through the day on like Twitter and, and, and like Instagram. Like, damn, everyone's thoughts is like all around me. So I think it makes me more intentional what I write instead of just fuckery. Uh, the way I deal with it is very simple. I, I live in the real world and I see a lot of people put their innermost thoughts on social media and then think people aren't supposed to socialize about it. Mm. So I just write and upload things that I'm willing to talk about. And if I don't want to talk about it, I won't type it. It's that simple. Yeah. So if you see me saying something that's about me, I'm cool to talk about me. You know what I mean? But if I'm saying, if I'm giving like halfway statements about things I don't know, if I'm giving dry humor, but nobody really knows my humor and now I'm getting attacked, all right, nigga, now I'm getting attacked because everybody can't retone through tweets, through texts, or whatever have you. So getting bent out of shape from something that you decided to press upload on is counterproductive. But then what if people take that into actual personal life? So they have their opinions made before they even actually meet you and get to understand your core, get to understand, okay, maybe you talk that way because it is dry humor and it's not something I should take personal. Yeah, I mean, that's happened to me um, in regards to dating. There's women that follow me. And this is, I'm glad that we have a camera here and that your show is so big. Because I want to say this like out loud, like with my words, so everybody can hear my tone. I think Twitter, in its essence, is everybody showcasing ridiculousness. Nobody's really like this. Nobody really has these thoughts. It's like it's our way of being like cartoons. Now, unless you're mm -hmm. somebody mm -hmm. like in Fox or CNN or if you're somebody, if you're a representation of a company, that's one thing. But mm -hmm. if we're all like regular people just having regular thoughts, like there's jokes, there's banter, there's... Yo, I've, I would never date a dude that that makes under 500000 Like, just ridiculousness, right? Mm -hmm. So, at my That's where all outlandish thoughts can so live. So, in my head, me. it's like, I had everybody being outlandish. <laughs> I can be outlandish, too. So, I'm coming in through with imagination. I'm coming through with trying to be comedic. I'm like, ah, I'm trying to join with the fuckery. But the moment somebody dictates that it's not fuckery, now it's like, oh, wow, now it's not fuckery because you said so. So, if I'm saying something about women like... Like, yo, I'm not trying to have no woman that wears glasses because I don't want inferior genetics in my bloodline. Something like that, right? That's obviously a joke. But like, <laughs> you don't like what? And then there, I'm saying, yeah, now, a whole uproar. now there's a whole so, campaign against you. But I chose to say this, though. You know what I mean? So you just right, got to so take the backlash of what you're saying. So once you take, once you're willing to take accountability and recognize that it's an app you can delete off your phone, then everything is like, just rolls off my back at this point. So then on the flip side for both of you again, if we kind of use it and Skip, you're also a comedian. So yes, you also use your Twitter for jokes as well. But you sometimes do use it to vent about actual personal things mm -hmm. that occur in your life. Right. And when you spoke about earlier being vulnerable. So then how do you also deal with that if that's not received well? Or if someone is seeing that and trying to connect with you and being that you don't know like their actual intent? Hmm. That's, um, that's, again, just taking out accountability because I chose to type this. Nobody would know I'm going through this unless I chose to tell people. Right. So once you put your information out there, it's no longer yours. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody isn't entitled to your business. Right. For real. 
People should be minding their business. Everybody got their own lives. But the moment you put it on a platform, it's not your business anymore. So what they choose to do with your business, it's like out of your hands. Yeah. So being like, no, you should have took it this way, or you know, this is my innermost thoughts. If people, if I'm beefing with some, if I'm beefing with you right now, and I say black men cry sucks, if I say this show sucks, right? And you're like, well, I bet when your mom was alive, she didn't think it sucked, right? You wouldn't know my mom died unless I put it on the internet. Now, as callous right. as that may sound, if I'm gonna arm you with this information. I armed you with the information. Now, I can't be mad at you that you're going to use it in a way that I don't like. Yeah. Because why put it on a platform if I didn't want you to know it? Right. So that's how I deal with it. If I decide to put my innermost thoughts on the internet, I recognize that they're no longer mine. I'm putting them in the atmosphere. And whatever people do with them is whatever people do with them. And I can go to sleep knowing that I'm the person that dictated that. I think for me, especially with the new features that they got, well, this year they added close friends on Twitter. And I know they're still rolling out in the beta. And I think like a year or two ago, Instagram, they got close friends. So I think now that once we got that green circle, if I put you in there, it's like, I'm just talking cash shit because they can't see it from the outside if you're not in there. So I think for me, it's like a tier system of, all right, this is for y'all. Like if I'm going through something or something's happened personal, like these are 150 people, I fuck with you. If I'm in yours, like we don't speak about what happens in a green circle on the public timeline. I'll talk to you directly, like, yo, you good. But I think with how we're trying to create that privacy, levels of privacy, there are gonna be things where like, I might talk openly about mental health journey when it comes to mm -hmm. diet, when it comes to vitamins, like publicly, because mm -hmm. I think people need to know that. Mm -hmm. But it's like what Reese said, like, I won't tell people things that are going with me unless I think it's important. And I think even using Rika as an example for like, he went through a very, you know, traumatic experience, like last year, was it last year? Mm -hmm. Time is like, Crazy. Can I say and, it? Since yeah, my mom passed away in April. Okay, because I want to. Not just that. Remember your other. And my grandmother passed away two yeah, weeks so prior. Like back to back. Right. I was like, that's intense. So it's like when people lose not just one but like two very close family members, it's gonna be very catastrophic. So I think for him, he had to kind of like refocus and recenter, and then also like it made him have to like really reflect. All right. So there's sometimes, and I think what I was studying with like how Rico was going is like, there's a lot of times where people, you go through something and people are just like, this is when you support. And then it's just like, but you can be consistent with the support. So right. I talk to Rico once in a while cause we're busy, but I'm like, I'm always checking in. So it's not like, hey, out the blue, I didn't talk to him like two, three years. It's like, right. are you good? It's like, hey, if you, I'll talk, like I see him at events, like just make sure. But also on the other side, I don't want to overwhelm people when they're going through their life. Like again, even with my, me understanding my space, there are certain people that can ask me any question about my life. Like if Rick asked me anything, like he could do that. But a lot of other people, just because you know me online, you do not know me. We are right. not friends. Right. Like I'm friends with you. I'm friends with Rick. Y'all my people. Some people like they follow you. They think we're friends. We're friendly. I do not know you. We that do not part. go out for drinks. I don't know. What's your happy birthday? I do not know <laughs> you. Like I haven't seen your family. I don't chill with you and your I, I don't do check not on know your well-being. You. Yeah, I don't know you. And it's cool. Like, I think when people like look at me and Rick and it's like, they kind of like kiki kaka. It's like, yo, these people are cool and stuff like that. We are not like demigods like we're real people we are not friends and i think sometimes with social media it makes people feel closer to you than you actually mm -hmm. are and it's like calm that down mm -hmm. we share things about our life we're personalities we're making y'all laugh but at the end of the day i have to say it for like the fourth time we are not friends can i just say something as like a learning experience for everybody that's going to listen and watch and watch this the reason why i um put on social media that my mom, my grandmother passed away is because in my head, I was saying that if I'm given admiration and love and respect to Kobe and to Nipsey and to DMX and to the various other people that have um, formed our lives growing up, 
uh, why wouldn't I give that same type of praise to my mother and my grandmother, right? That was me falling victim to social media. You don't have yeah. to do that. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, come on now, where's the honor in that? How am I going to give a thousand praises to Nipsey but not my own mother? But me viewing it that way was a detriment to me because now you have people coming out the blue saying things they don't really mean. And I open myself up to that. Well, if I just kept these things to myself and everything was normal, I feel like that would have been easier to deal with. Because with me, I was at a pheromone chase when my mother and my grandmother passed away. So I was just looking for any type of thing to make me feel better in that moment. Yeah. So it was like, all right. Comfort. I'm getting a lot of attention right now. A lot of people give me love. Theoretically, this should make me feel better. So let's explore this. And when you're in that pheromone chase and, you, and you're coming through and everyone's, yo, anything you need, I got you. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Did you shower today? What you doing? Are you having been outside? Did you get some sun? Vitamin E? And I'm like, come on, my nigga. Like, niggas don't talk to me about fucking vitamin E in the normal. And I'm saying, what the fuck you know about vitamin yeah. E? And all of a sudden, niggas want to talk to me about these type of things. So anybody, it's gonna have, inevitably, it's going to happen to all of us. When somebody close to you passes away don't think that because you've honored other people that you need to honor people that's close to you unless you're willing to take the public outreach that's going to come with that but if you're the type of person that wants to be left alone and you want these thoughts to be separated from social media then don't do what i did because i did what i did out of like experimentation of trying to feel better mm, what i would like to say to that specifically is i remember when you had posted it because I lost mine months before yours. And then in between the two of us, Claude right. lost as well. Mm -hmm. um, sorry to say his name without Clarence, whatever, we'll work through that. But okay. Claude's that, a very generic name. So it's like, I mean. Sure. Yeah, totally. And um, actually, it's fine. So when I had reached out to you, this is before I saw your rant, because I just saw what happened and was like, okay, I literally know this heartbreak. Let yeah. me reach out. Yeah. I literally know what this feels like. And then I saw your rant and I was like, shit, now is he talking about like, am I one of those people that I overstep? Like I'm literally reaching out because I know what this, I'm going through this. We're all going through this. People that we mutually know are going through this. It feels like we're unfortunately building a community of us that are going through this, even if it doesn't have to be like, oh, this is our community. We just going through the days day by day together. It's no, I know that there's a safe space that gets it and that I could rely on or like share certain thoughts when I feel like it's getting too challenging or I don't know where to go or understand actually understand it's one thing when you're sharing something so deep with someone and they're like oh yeah i can get what that feels like you don't and you don't want yeah. to yeah. and you don't want someone to fake it my grief the way in the moment it felt like my grief was on public display. my grief on public display was very synonymous with if if you was in a grocery store and you saw somebody's like 20 dollars short in their groceries and you just give them some money like, I didn't want my grief to be like your good deed for the day. And that's mm. how it was starting to feel. And that's when I was getting infuriated and I started my rant. I mean, the people that's fucking with me is people that's fucking with me. But everybody else that I like halfway talk to saying like these very interpersonal things to me, I'm like, yo, get the fuck out of here, son. Like, we don't even have this type of rapport. And it's not going to get initiated by my mom being dead. Like, that's not what's going to happen. But I've been talking mad long and we got somebody else here. So what are your thoughts on this? Kid? I didn't lose anybody close to me. So I'm just like, listen to y'all. But I think <laughs> yeah. like how I... I think I remember my conversation because I think after that, when I've seen you outside, it just, I don't like when people have like those drawn out like conversations like that. So like, yo, you good? Like, all right, cool. I'll just, I'm not going to do like the whole like Captain America, like T'Challa, like long ass motivational speeches. Like, no, I'm just going to keep it like short because sometimes I don't feel genuine. It's like, mm -hmm. I give a fuck about you. So 
I'll tap in and stuff like that. But just like, I think space, I, I'm really trying to understand space and like when people are grieving. And I think a lot of times people feel like they're helpful because we're scared of losing people to mental health for like, we lost Mac and we lost Michael K. Williams from like spike mm -hmm. drugs or like how people cope with pain in their life, right? And I think it's like this guilt that people have is like, they've probably experienced losing other people in similar fashions where it's like, it's projection. And it's like understanding sometimes you don't need to project onto other people. You have to give them space and trust that they're gonna make it through in their journey. But on the flip side, allowing them to know that you are available as a resource. Let them come to you, but right. you don't need to overburden them. Right. And I think with what Reek's saying, because of like that call, you would have thought that he's asking for help when he's just sharing. really sharing something that he feels could be pivotal. Which was a mistake yeah. for me. So, and even like- Which I shouldn't have like, done. I, like, if I okay. can replay the whole situation back, I, want, I would just kept all that shit to myself, for real. Because the worst thing is like, when you try and get over it, and it's somebody you haven't seen in a while, but they follow you, like, the first thing man. they say. Sorry, man. You're looking good, though. It's like, my nigga, come on right now, bro. We run the bitches right now. I'm not trying to fuck to talk about this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we didn't like, have to be bitches today, I'm but sorry. We're, that's cool, too. The, the we're, we're, we're on the lovely young ladies that uh, bring uh, joy to y'all lives. Joy to my life. Yeah. Yes. You know okay. That sounded and, better. You know what I'm saying? Good, good save. Good save. I got you, bro. But that's that's it. I think, um, like, even this, like, that's why I was quiet. Because, like, you know when people, like, want to add two sentences? Like, yo, shut up. Sometimes you just got to shut up. And I'm used to just shutting up sometimes. Just listen. I think a lot of Ooh, people I think a lot of people need to learn that trait. Just listen. And yeah. I think you do a lot more being like an active listener than feeling like I got to add two cents. And I know I do comedy and stuff like that, but I know what I know. The things I don't know, I shut the fuck up. And I just listen. And I think that's, I've learned so much more about shutting the fuck up. I love that. And I want more people to practice that. That's definitely going to be I one was of the told that it's uh, not professional to finish drinks and to refill when you're on camera, but I'm not professional, so... Am I going to do a oh my service gosh. if I drink? I was like, that was so drawn out. Go I just got to make sure. All right. Yes. It was like one of these media tips that they tell you like, yo, so don't ever finish your drink when you're on camera and all that type of I have the bottle have on the table this? for a reason. Okay. I have. That's why I've You've like, heard this, right? I'm That's why you're not drinking right shit, right? No, I'm not. It's on the table. Now y'all got me. You know what? I love it. Yes. Well, feel free I, I to I refill. Listen, so I don't be hearing people <laughs> drink on the thing. Yeah, the deep go. There's always food. Nobody bites it. There's always drinks. Nobody sips it. Yeah, I never understood that. Fuck all that. Well, while you guys are resipping and resetting, because I love to end on more of a positive note, you had mentioned about like understanding when to just extend as a resort or just accept this is in my conversation to add in two cents. When do you start accepting that like this is my journey and I deserve the places that I'm in, the spaces that I'm in and the path that I'm going in? Like these opportunities are coming to me because I'm putting in the work. I'm knowing when to shut up. I'm knowing when to raise my hand. I'm knowing when to ask for help. I'm knowing when to like put an idea out that. So are you saying like when new opportunities come my way or it's like- How do you accept like good? Oh, my therapist reminds me to do that. Like, I think one of the earliest things that we talked about in 2019 when I started talking to her, cause I was in a bad point and like that. I was having issues at work. I was kind of like in a space of, actually like, I was like imposter syndrome. Like I was, I mean, tech company for the first time and I'm around all these people that don't look like me. And I'm just like, yo, do I belong here, bro? Like. And you kind of like play that over and over because you're like one of the few. So you have like this weight. It's like, damn, I got to be a super Negro. I got to do all this stuff. And she's like, but why? You know, like, why do we allow those type of cadences to like dictate who we are? And I think when it comes to new opportunities, it's like 
first like sit and think how does this benefit me and how do I benefit it right because it mm. has to be back and forth a lot of times we always think well this helps me but it's like does it help them too mm-hmm. and I think with a lot of the team ups I've been doing recently and it's been more fruitful it's like really sitting with it I think a lot of times we're so eager to try to climb and it's like but does it benefit you because sometimes I've been part of opportunities that and actually Speaking of it, me and Reek were part of an opportunity that I thought was a good idea. I was building a thing and it wasted our time. Ooh. It wasted our time. Now, it was a learning lesson because I, I did my Nick Fury thing. I brought people in and those people wasted our time. But what it made me realize is I'm never going to allow people to waste my time because I'm not going to let anybody above me dictate. It's going to be us. And I think for us now, we're doing things together where it's just our voice, not someone telling us if we're awesome. Not, Y'all don't do shit. We do shit. That's why y'all access here. So I think with that, it's just like when the good comes, I'll be like, I deserve this. When the bad comes, it's helping me get ready for a bigger bag. And I think when it comes to that, sometimes we take things personal and it's like, I don't want to say it's just business, but it's life. I think sometimes you got to be mm. redirected. Sometimes when I get rejected, it means that I'm, it set me up for something that I need that's more aligned with who I am as a person instead of like my ego, mm. like I want this this woman next to me, I want this opportunity, I want to be at this company. When you think about it, if they didn't want me, I shouldn't have to convince anybody to want me. I'm fucking fired. And when you understand that and you move in that energy, the people that align with you will move with you and we get bigger bags instead of me trying to convince people to be next to me. I don't need to convince nobody shit. That's it. So I think that's what helps you get the better opportunities, just being aligned with yourself. And a lot of people don't sit down and really get to know themselves. And I think during the pandemic, and just really writing a lot and thinking just like, I can say right now I have a really full grasp of who I am as a person, who I am as Howard Nedrick Jr. AKA Skip from BK. Like who are those people separately and who are they together and how does that work for me in the, in the long term? So, yeah. Did that come off your dome like just right now? Yeah, that was it. I was about to be like, well, Rick, um, I'm going to go home. If you want to wrap it up for me, that's cool. Cause <laughs> who's going to say something after that? The fuck? Nice. I had to catch up to the homie. He was dropping numbers. Like Rick be just, Reekly Ran with facts. Reek Bank Volume 2. <laughs> I still can't believe your name is Howard. And I know everybody just get past that, but I don't know nobody that's not 70 years old named Howard. I feel like that's, that's what I makes get, you so unique. That's why I get jobs. I was about to say, my name, you get me through how the old, doors. How old was your father when he had you? He's 26. So this is a young nigga that called you Howard. He's a wise also, nigga. No, he's also Howard. I'm Howard Nigga Jr. <laughs> so, uh, he was giving uh, that. It's a bloodline thing. It's a bloodline uh, thing. Got it, got so he it, also it. said, like, I gave him this name because I, I, I you got jobs. Because people be confused when they see me. When, like, you ha- when you have a son, you want to call him Howard the third? Nah, I actually have a oh, conversation. Oh, man. <laughs> son, this guy is crazy. I'm going to get back to what uh, you want Look me at him. To, he's buying time. I know what no, he's buying time. You want me to piggyback off what he said? As, as I want you to answer freely. I don't want you to piggyback off anything. Because I want to make sure I'm not deviating from the question. How do I deal with getting praise that I feel like I shouldn't be getting at Not praise, opportunities. Opportunities. And the direction when, like, you're getting the yeses that propel you forward. Because sometimes, like, um, Skip, Howard, whoever he wants to identify today. I don't know. I was like, I don't know who he is right now. It's both of them combined. Usher vs. Raymond. Raymond, That fucking album, right? What is that shit called? Raymond vs. Raymond? Yeah, it was Raymond vs. Raymond. I don't know. Now you're talking about shit. Now I'm not that cool. Um, With having imposter syndrome, I think we... Because we do so much work that we don't realize when it's actually paying off. And when it pays off, we still like doubt ourselves to be like, no, because we're not there. We keep seeing where there is. So we mm-hmm. don't accept where we are at the moment. How do you sit and accept like, nah, I did that work to be here. So now I'm going to continue doing this work to get there. Because I'm incredibly practical, but it's self-imposed practicality because being practical is subjective. So in my head, I'm like, OK, in the grand scheme of things, I did this. 
And because I did this and I did this for this amount of time, I did this. So because I did these three things, I now have more visibility than ever before. So now these people think I'm worth something. Let's see where this goes. So, And I'm very much so like a goal with the flow type of person in all aspects. Like if right now, I don't think I've ever had Taiwanese food. If after we left out, he was like, yo, you want to get some Taiwanese food? I'd be like, sure. I wouldn't know nothing about the menu. I wouldn't know anything. But I just like accepting and seeing new things because that's what life to me is all about. Mm -hmm. Because when you're in this very cyclical and redundant type of lifestyle, Where's the growth in that? Mm. I'm not the person that brings a ham and cheese to work every day. Sometimes it might be Thai. Sometimes it might be Chinese. Sometimes it might be West Indian. But I like switching things up. So if an opportunity arises that I feel like I might not be prepared for, what's pre preparation for real? You know what I mean? How many people, we all know athletes in here. They're going hours and hours into the gym. And then when they get in the game, they're getting four points. What are these hours? Like, you can technically shoot, you can technically dribble, but you don't got the rhythm and the whatever have you to get that 30. So I believe that being able to, what is the thing that Magari does? Imp improvise. If not be able, if you have like no, if you're not, if, if improvisation isn't a part of your like personality, then that's when you're like, oh, hold on. I don't think I'm ready for this. I don't, I don't know it's about to come. What if I'm not ready? But it's like, all right, nigga, fuck it. They give me this opportunity, whatever. I'm going to do my one, two. And either they fuck with it, they fuck with it. If they don't, they don't. But no matter what you think about yourself, it's not in the cards, if it's not in the cards. I mean, if they're not going to like it, or if I'm ill-prepared for it, then that's on me. But feeling as though that I'm an imposter in the situation, is I just can't get down with that type of thing because there's, there's been so many stories, because I'm an avid interview watcher of people. There's been so many opportunities to where people were just thrusted into something, you know, didn't know nothing about nothing, and then mm -hmm. they was able to exceed, so... Were they an imposter? You know, was Will Smith an imposter as an actor? He never did no acting in his life and was on one of the biggest sitcoms in the 90s. And Quincy Jones thrusted him in the position like, listen, you, I know you've never had a rehearsal. I know you've never done this. But every single executive that you're ever going to need that can greenlight this show is in there right now. And Will Smith's like, yo, give me two weeks. Just give me two weeks to get acting coach. Like, okay, I can give you two weeks. Or you can just go and do this right now. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? And is Will Smith an imposter? Is he like, oh my God, what if... Like, nah, nigga, I'm Will Smith. You know what I'm saying? Fuck, I'm, let's see what's going on. And in that type of uh, in that type of vision about yourself, everybody got to view themselves as Will Smith, no matter what the capacity that they're in. So that's why I choose to do. Me and Skip right now, are we have this improv show we do every month, right? <laughs> this fun day. Marketing... Dysfunctional date, right? Yeah. And um, I've never done improvisational comedy in my life. So uh, the dude, Reem, he, he contacted me. You know, we built a rapport. Yeah, I told from, uh, from everything, uh, every time there's an opportunity, it. I always throw it to Reek. Because I believe in Reek, man. I believe in him so much. So Skip and Reem, them, they hit me like, yo, we think we'd be nice for this. They've never seen me do improv. I'm not, I, I didn't go to Second City and became like this mega superstar as far as improv is concerned. I'm a nigga that talks to myself in my own podcast. So when I came in, I was like, all right, let's see what's going on. And now I'm one of the funnier people on the show. I didn't come in there like I was about to be an imposter. I came in there like, all right, let's see what happens. And I approach everything like that. I mean, people can tell me whatever. They, they can try to have me be at the fulcrum of a marketing campaign. I have no marketing experience, but I'm going to do it because why not? So yeah, that's just my long-winded answer to your question i have one last question before we go into our wrap-up how do you guys sit wrap up. with the show's done baby i know you can talk but we gotta let them talk conversation 
I do enjoy it, though. I love being quiet and listening to black men get an opportunity to speak about their intelligence. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do. That's why I have the show. <laughs> Anyways, um, how do you accept when there's someone that's believing in you and pushing you? Like, how do you actually deal with it? There's some people that will run from it and they don't accept the fact that like, no, that someone is genuinely believing in you. Like, can you see what someone else sees in you and actually take it for an opportunity or admit when you feel uncomfortable for them to continue coaching you, like accepting that actual cosign coach? Like you guys can do it equally, maybe because you think you're peers, but like, what if there's someone that you guys admire that's looking at you like, all right, we're going to get you here by doing this. Now that I struggle with, and I'm going to tell you a story. I was... My freshman year of college, broke, and I mean, no actual means of income. And there was a dude that was on the basketball team with me. And uh, we hung out all the time. And there was a point in time to where, you know, we would go get Chinese food. Because uh, that's when I was eating pork and just eating terribly as an 18-year-old. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that we would come through, I didn't have no chicken. So you're like, yo, don't worry about that. So that happened a few times where I was like, ah, yo, I'm, I'm just going to be cool. I'm going to eat at the cafeteria when I get back to school. He's like, man, we all way out here, man. Don't worry about it, man. If I'm hungry, there's no way you're going to be hungry if, I'm sorry, there's no way you're going to be starving if I'm around. If I can get the food, then we got food, right? So now we're building a rapport. A month or so goes by, and now, you know, as everybody does, we start joking on each other. You know, like, look at this dude's sneakers. Oh, yo, this, you don't get no this and that. So we're just joking on each other, but very, like, surface-level stuff. He was like, yo, you always trying to joke on me? Look at you, nigga. If it wasn't for me, you'll be starving. When you want to eat, who do you come to? You come to me. And, and he's, like, oh. just trying to sun me and shit like that. I'm like, ah, uh, okay. So I carried that lesson. I'm like, all right, you got to be able to discern when somebody's trying to help you and when somebody wants something over you. To try to sun you or to keep something in their back pocket to belittle you. And I struggle with that literally to this day. Because in that moment, I'm like, damn, son, you came. I didn't ask you for no money for Chinese food. Like, I'm chilling with you because, you know what I mean, we, we chilling with each other. We both went to the spot and you offer it. And I'm like, all right, cool, yo, good looking type shit. When I have it, then you never got to worry about it. You know, we, we fast forward and now I'm in all these creative things and people reaching out, trying to help and trying to lend a helping hand. And I'm like... I don't know if I trust it. What is this? Mm-hmm. What does this hand come with? Are you trying to? Are we going to be in a situation to where you're going to try to blow up my face like Reek, the original will be nothing without mm-hmm. me? And then I mean, then physical violence got to happen after that. And I mean, because now I feel like I have to physically overpower you to to compensate for the fact that you was trying to sum me over something that you try to bring in with sincerity. So yeah, it's something that I still juggle with to this day. I'm not going to say that. I'm a proficient and be able to discern who's going to help me and who's not. But um, at this point, you know, sometimes it's all about risk assessment. So I see here, I'm like, I, I try to assess the situation because at the end, of, at the end of the day, humans at our core, we're risk averse. Anything that when we can get like the less amount of damage done to us, but get the most out of it is how we operate. So these are the things that I try to put into my vision in regards to people trying to help out. And I just got to, I just, I trust now that I'm older and I've seen more things that I've been by more people, more people, part of me. I see who you are and I make a, uh, a conclusion. Like, you know what? You're somebody who's trustworthy to me. And then I just got to, I just got to go with my own personal judgment of character. And then I just got to, same thing with like, yo, when I uh, put things on social media, you got to be able to, you got to live with whatever result comes from it. Same thing with when I build relationships. I chose you. I didn't have to choose you. I thought you was a cool dude. Now I just got to take what comes with that. So, yeah, that's what I do. 
like that a lot. I think following up with Reek, because like I, I did say before, like I, I believe in it, but because I remember that story because he told me that story. I think it's different, like how I help, because a lot of times people like want to keep rejecting, want to do too much. It's like you know, like love bombing and how people talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's like help bombing. This probably should be a term with that mm. when people be like trying to help you too much. Like I think I help Reek not just enough because, but like when I see it, it's like all right, cool. But I'm not gonna tell people what I do to help Reek. Like he knows. And I know when we help each other, but I'm not going to be bragging about because I don't make the original black man. Reek does. He's done it for like the last what ever Period. since he was born. I was going to say born. since he was born. Yeah, I was going to say like since he born, before he knew he was the original black exactly. man. Exactly. Right? Before that moniker came being, he made it. And I think there's something like psychologically wrong with people that think they can make you. I can't make nobody. But mm. I always see myself as I'm the person that's throwing alleys. Mm-hmm. It's whether you put people catch in it. position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like it's whether you catch it and you dunk it. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not the person that made you. We both set the play up, but you got to finish it. Because I can throw many alleys, and I've thrown many alleys. People have dropped it, and mm-hmm. guess what? Some people I kept throwing it. Other people, I'm just not gonna throw to you no more. And that I think part. for me, especially when it comes to like comedy and even acting, like with web series, like with my best friend, he's like my creative like partner that's my brother Jomo and his uh fiance well I don't know by that time CrossFit they're gonna be married we're gonna be going through that this year but he's believed in me like that moment we had with the Will Smith when I was like I'm part of a web series and I've never really acted and I'm like nervous and stuff like that it's like yo bro you do this why are you thinking about this too much he's believed in me before I believed in me and I can talk all these motivational things but everything I do from every podcast web series he's always editing it like my even my comedy show, he does the flyers for it. Like that's the type of support. Because either you got it or you don't. Yeah, it's that's like, what it all boils down to. Yeah. So when you get that support, Points. you got to sometimes be able to be like, again, just back to that previous question with the opportunity. Like, people are helping me because they see something in me. I have to see it in me. I have right. to like make both of those ideas come together. And be like, all right, these people wouldn't waste their time with me if I didn't have anything. And on the flip side, I don't have to overthink because again, like what Reek said, discernment is very important. Like. There's some people I don't want to work with. Now, they're still talented people, but they don't move the way I move. And Facts. I don't like it. Now, with the people that move the way I move, I'm going to throw them alleys because we know how we work. Like, some people like what happened with that. It's like, I'm going to brag about this. Nobody, there's a lot of things I do. Nobody knows in this thing. That's why I call myself the network like king. It's like, nobody knows. You don't need to know. If so you I'm know, it's because player. we allow you to know. But other than that, they finished the play. It's not about me. If they yeah. finished it, they did it. I'm just a person that pushed it forward. That's it. I love that. Oh my gosh, you guys are so tinkly inside. I'm so happy that I didn't tell you guys that you were sitting with each other today. Yay. I mean, it wouldn't matter. It's my dog. I know. It's my guy right here. But I didn't want y'all to be like, ooh, chee, 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 chee. My foray into improv comedy because of this guy. So it was like, and a whole bunch he of other things. He took the play. So he could have said no. Love so it. again, pick up each other. Play. No, you too. Like again, when I before I even knew this existed, I was listening to it. Like I like to do my homework because I'm a very paranoid person. I don't like coming unprepared. So I like listen to this like, yo, this is a good space. I really like this. And even at the end, I want to always give Reek flowers, but I want to give you your flowers. Like oh. and I'm gonna follow you at right after that. Yeah, I, got I got things you. to say about cat on camera. Yeah, oh so I'm gonna throw back and forth. You gotta do because I think it's important. I don't remember what season this is. I just know it's a lot of seasons. Four. It's four. It's like a lot. And I listened to all of them. You had like a lot of amazing people in different range of life that we know. Like so many mm-hmm. talented people. But I think for you, like you came up with this idea, right? And from start to finish, you set it up. You're scheduling us. You're making sure all these things happen just to give like black men a space to talk about things. 
You didn't have to do this, but you did it. And I think it's really important. I want to say thank you. And you're probably going to do this for many more seasons. I'm not going to jinx it. But I want to say you're awesome. And I think you've always been awesome since I met you with your energy, your fervor, and just how you carry yourself. So I think it's important for you to get your flowers because, you know, Lord willing, I'm going to knock on wood. I might not be here tomorrow, but I want to make sure today you heard that I felt the way I felt because I think that's what's important for our friends. It's hard doing this, scheduling, paying for this thing, working with people. And I think you need to hear like, yo, this is important work. And like, I want you to keep going. I think this is awesome. Yeah, okay. and um, in two regards, Alex. in two regards, I remember when you had the uh, the Manscape uh, partnership mm-hmm. at, some, at one point in time, mm-hmm. and this just shows how giving you are as a person because my Jenny Talia has never been so clear as <laughs> because of your promo code. You know, I I, I got my Jenny Talia clean at a discounted uh-huh. rate because of your givingness. You know what I'm saying? And um this but, man but no, has but, got but, to go. But no, on, on, on a serious note, you know, we um for all those and, women that have experienced it, you're welcome. Me me and my investment collective <laughs> me and my investment collective, we have a um we have a a, a flagship party because we know we do friends and stuff. That but part. our flagship party is uh Jack in the Box. Yes sir. And um it's a time. the very person we were speaking about, Claude, you know, he's part of the collective uh the four good brothers collective and he was telling me like yo we need to have cat you know cat's a dope bartender now with me me and cat's relationship to that point was like very impassing like well, yeah. oh the shorty that's racially ambiguous with the crazy hair that's what i knew her as you know what I'm saying? wow so, what did, i didn't that's know nothing cool. i'll about take it it, it could have been other terms you know so i'm like all right boom 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 so as you know she started coming to the fold there is no jack-in-the-box without cat period no matter how much money we put up, no matter how many things we do as far as marketing is concerned, you know, closing the venues, the DJ, whatever, the precipice of the event is the drinks. We don't talk to Cat about the drinks. It's not like we're talking to one another and then we have a private conversation with Cat. Cat has full ownership of the drinks. So whenever people come and, you know, they see the different things, if you if you want anything outside of Jack Daniels, anything that's like mixed or whatever have you, the 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 expertise that comes with Coming to the bar and getting a drink, that's all Kat. And she doesn't have to do that. Kat can charge us $5,000 a party on some bartendership because her expertise is that vast. Um, because when she's not doing this, she's like a one of the best bartenders I've ever been around. And aren't you, aren't you a bartender right now? Rogers Garden. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, and she gets <laughs> yeah. trillions of dollars in tips because of how dope she is. That's what I'm telling you. I know, you know your schedule, so I pop up when you're... Yeah, not to say that the others are bad. They're all I don't want to make it seem spot. like, yo. No, it's yeah. a dope spot. I, I, just like, there. I learned from that. She garners trillions of dollars from tips because of her expertise and how dope she is as a bartender. And the fact that she was able to put that to what we got going on just shows like how dope you are as a person. And um, once you asked me to come to this, I've been wanting to come on the show forever. Y'all could have uh, just also asked, but no, whatever. So, we'll man, because I know you're so high profile. You want high profile people to, you know what I'm saying? To keep the show going. Because everything is centered around visibility. If if you bring around a whole bunch of people that niggas don't know, nobody's going to watch it, then you won't be able to have this fantastic studio. So the fact that I was able to pull up in my ranks to be on the show, and the fact you asked me to be on the show, it just shows how dope you are. So I just wanted to give you a flowers and just tell everybody, if there's any type of facet in your life that you can have, cat, jump at the opportunity. I received this. I appreciate this. I didn't expect this, and I don't know how to handle this right now, but thank y'all for this moment. This went everything. I kind of needed this, so thank you. Okay, so going back on schedule, this is how I typically wrap up the show. Not with this, so this is new. Um, What is something that you would tell a younger you? 
or just younger black men? I'm going to answer both of those. Oh. Um, one, it's not that serious. Two, mm. put the work in. Mm. Don't go on natural ability. And three, learn coding. I would oh, tell a 15 year old me in 2005, yo, if you learn coding, you make $200,000 by the time you're 20. It's not wrong. It's not Learn coding it's not right wrong. now. You won't have no student loans. You'll have the car. Wrong. You'll have the crib at 20. The you learn coding right now. And you know what's really crazy about our society? We okay. were all coders at one point because we all had MySpace. MySpace. I know. And, and going, nobody next, took to advantage of the Zang, Zanga? Zanga and MySpace. Both of them. You had to like make your... Yeah, your, the whole page. Like, that was like HTML... CSS, mm -hmm. which is like a foundational. We all fumbled our own bag. If I, if I can jump at a time machine, like, yo, Reek, your athleticism is going to fade. You're always going to be funny. You need to get this coding <laughs> shit. You can get this tech money. The tech money is bound. I feel like I feel like tech is the only thing that you can have absolutely no experience in. In six months, you can make six figures. Yep. There's yep. no other job like this unless yep. you're a trap star. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you're putting your freedom on the line. Yeah. I would told 15-year-old me, yo, you will have no issues if you know how to make a website from scratch. So that's the one thing I would have told my younger self. That's actually really important. That's fire. Um, so I'm making an answer to like my younger self and just anybody that's younger than me and Reek and the other guests. I would say... Um, don't get caught in the details. And what I mean by that is a lot of times you get obsessed with, if it's not perfect, I'm not going to do it. Like I had like this whole thing of, I have to be the man. I got to be perfect, perfect, perfect. Human beings are not perfect. Those are androids. Those are the, the future mm. villains we got to go against. Mm -hmm. Howard's are perfect though. Uh, uh -huh. Everybody who met Howard. <laughs> Howard's I don't know about that. Howard Hughes and all those, like there's a lot of white men uh, named Howard yeah. that are not uh, perfect. Yikes. So I'm going to let you know, even I prefer Skip. Jeez. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> But um, I think when it comes to that, like that has like slowed me up so much in life. Whereas like, you know, trying to get the women that I want to get or like the opportunities I want to get. I was like, if I don't move this way, it's not going to happen. It's like, it's either yes or no. And I think when you kind of get caught up into it, it's like, if it's a no, it just means like my boy, Jeff, he always says no equals new opportunities. I love that quote. That's one of my mm. favorite quotes. Because then it's like, if you don't- no know that's for him. No is an acronym. That's what he thinks about. No <laughs> is new opportunities. Because when you think about it like that, if someone tells you no, it could be- no for right now, just no forever, but also could just lead you to where you need to go. I think a lot of times we get caught up in things. And I think for us, life is about mobility and it's like intention. And I think the second thing I would tell myself is like, look, find the people that make sense and hold on to them. Cause a lot of times you're gonna meet a lot of like janky people and mm. still lessons. I don't, I don't regret meeting some people because it made me learn to appreciate the real. And I feel like when you appreciate the real, it makes you kind of like excited for what life has for you. So I think for like young black men, it's like just be cool with just not getting caught up in details and just like keep moving, bro. Like that's all it takes. Like we're all going through this crazy thing called life and we don't know shit. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing. We don't know shit. You can figure it out tomorrow. You can figure out a week later, but just give it a chance. That's it. I love that. Okay, last, last question, I promise. She loves us. She loves asking this question. You're gonna keep saying last. last. I know, last, I know, last, I know. This is really how the show ends. It's always how the show ends. No, 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 no. I'm dead ass. Last. Name three songs that get you in and out of any mood. Doesn't matter what the moods are. Top of your head, you're not looking through your phone. Shit. You knew it was coming. You listen. I did, but then I forgot. <laughs> uh, March Madness, Annie Up, Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See. Those are really good. I'm Damn. Sorry. All them shits get me hurt. All right, so I'm not going to copy you. So um, I would say, so I'm a big Drake fan, but I'm not going to put three songs Drake. That's a little too obsessive. So I'm going to put, I'm going to put Drake Fear. 
And that's like an old, like old Drake song. That's yeah. like something that if you know that song, to me, that's one of my top three favorite Drake songs. If I'm in a mood and I just need to think about something, I put on Drake Fear. I put on Meek Mill's Dreams and Nightmare. I just feel like there's a lot of good Meek songs, but I think that energy, like I'm not feeling myself. I play that, that transition. Hold up, wait a minute. Like, how are you upset when you hear that transition? <laughs> well, you should be upset. Um, and I think now I would play because it's Beyonce season, you know, I will put um, America has a problem. And I think, because the realist, like, Beyonce is good. Like, she has a, a writer's room, like, good with the pen, but it's like, that song has layers to it. And I think it's, even now when we're looking at it, we have a a president that's given a lot of money to outside country. And it's like, we are poor. <laughs> we are going through a recession. And it's like, it helps me be, like, mindful. Like, because a lot of times, you know, we're technically a first world country, but there's a lot of people that need assistance. Mm -hmm. So it's like another thing where it's like, yo, people are poor. Like the fact that we're mm -hmm. sitting here, we have come from homes, we got phones, stuff like that. We are doing better than at least 70% of the world. And I think that sometimes like, not to be like, you know, morose with it, but it's like perspective. And I think with perspective gives appreciation and makes me be able to like move with more gratitude. Yeah, so like those if, are my three songs. If you have a phone that you can type how poor you are, you're really not poor. Yeah. Perspective. Bars. Yeah. And with that, that wraps this show. Thank you guys for sitting down with me today. Bang, bang. Squad, squad. <laughs>